Yo, 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 you already know who it is. It's C-Money, giving you the hottest DeFi news from the eyes of a DGen and the mouth of a burger. It's Monday, September 26th. Let's get it. We're on the stage of world affairs. I dare we dare. Get it, coming in hot on a nice Monday. Feeling really, really good. I tell you what, we have a full jam-packed podcast today. We cannot waste any time. But we have to give credit where it is due. That is Eni Kamuzi world affairs it's actually released in the 90s that is an old banger could get copywritten for that but you know we talked about it we gave some education about it we are breaking that song down and according to u.s copyright laws i mean we just gave some history about it we talked about it so it's definitely education and we are exempt from the copyright laws so let's talk about some nfts Number one is the Board Ape Yacht Club. What's new, right? $1.2 million in volume. Number two is the Mutant Ape Yacht Club with $69,000. Or sorry, <laughs> I just love saying $690,000 in volume. I gotta do better mixing, man. I keep having the song pop in. And I gotta click, click. Sorry. Coming in at number three is the soccer NFT. <laughs> That's what I know it as. So rare. With $666,000 in volume. So that is the top three. That is what we got cooking in the kitchen today. Kind of breaking it down, looking on chain. Let's see what we got here. Let me turn this up a little bit. Just a little, just a little bit, right? Turn it up, turn the, turn the, DJ, DJ, can you turn it up a little bit, please? DJ, a little down. There we go. Right there. So, coming in at the number one NFTs, they are all board apes. Looks like, as a matter of fact, the top 10 top sold NFTs are all board apes. The 11th top sold NFT was in Zuki. So that just kind of shows you what really is going on over there at the Board Ape Yacht Club. I mean, no one's buying these. This is all wash traded NFT volume. And you can tell because 133 ETH, 115 ETH, 100 ETH, 90 ETH. It's just like maybe there's no liquidity. I don't know. But some of these numbers are just weird. Really, really weird. Like, for instance, the eighth top sold NFT was... 
aboard a it was a pink board ape with a captain's hat. And then you have the seventh highest NFT, which sold for seventy nine Ethereum, two thousand more, still a hundred thousand dollars, pretty rel- pretty much the same amount. But this one had a seaman hat. Now, I don't know. People like what they like. I don't want to try to guess what people like. But for me personally, you think anyone would know that the seaman hat or the, the captain's hat is way more valuable than the seaman hat. And so like stuff like that is just ridiculous to me. You know, like when you see these crazy traits going for a super low amount, like today it's not really too, too bad. Of course, when I'm talking about it, you know, like the top sold NFT does have laser eyes and laser eyes are pretty cool. <laughs> but, um, some days it's just atrocious. I mean, we'll call it out when we see it next time. But looking into the markets, we have $97 million in liquidations. That's not much. That is not much. We are still in this zone, this $20,000 zone, $20,000 to $18,000 zone. Like I said, the longer we're in this zone, the more bullish I become. Still getting paid all of my, all my check in Bitcoin. We are doing that. We're also doing roundups. Shouts out to Acorns. Shouts out to the boys at Acorns. They, they really made a financial revolution with that uh, feature where when you, when you, I think they're the ones that created it, but it's when you, when you use your card and it's not on a full dollar amount, it'll round up and then it'll use that, that round up amount and invest it for you. And Cash App will just put it straight into Bitcoin. And so I do that too. And so we have some interesting stories beyond that, but I'm pretty nervous about the global macro, the macro structure, as they say. Okay. So let's get on in to some wild stories. This is what we have all been waiting for, but we still have some, we still have some stuff on the roadmap. We still have the third report and the third summary, I guess you could call it, to do from the Department of Treasury. So we're going to be nailing that down probably tonight. It was the weekend. I'm not going to lie. I was chilling, doing laundry, XYZ, and Ashley. So it's been a busy, very busy weekend. So anyway, sorry for the tangents. Let's get on into the news. The file sharing crypto project Filecoin. Now, this is an OG project. Reports strong growth amid the new FVM chain. So, they're looking to have kind of a layer two on Filecoin. That's going to be pretty interesting. Right now, Filecoin has a market cap of $1.6 billion which is up 1.1%, which, you know, one point, or I guess, yeah, that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of way. So Filecoin is definitely, definitely making plays. Next big story. The Bank of Russia just eased restrictions on purchases of dollar and euro cash. The Central Bank of Russia is no longer obligated to buy or sell at a specific rate. 
what does this mean? They're dumping the U.S. dollars. They're not buying here. Right now, the dollar is so expensive. I think the Russians are selling the U.S. dollars because... I say this because... The euro is just so low. Like, things are really grim. And... and I do not think that just raising interest rates will solve the problem. In fact, I think it'll cause more hardship for places around the world. Now, this brings the question to, well, the United States Federal Reserve, or I should say Central Bank, because there's nothing federal about them. They have nothing to do with Europe. They're all connected, of course, but in the past we have seen countries completely fall apart. And so the United States Federal Reserve does not have to go out saving Europe. Now, why does this matter? Why am I even talking about this? Why is this news story on Bitcoin.com? That's, that's literally news.bitcoin.com is the source. Well, that's because at this particular time, cryptocurrency is defying market conditions to battle the United States dollar for the best performing asset. So there is ongoing, there's an ongoing macro battle. Ray Dalio has been talking about a power change to China, to India, and I'm not saying it's going to happen right now. I'm saying these it happens over the course of a long amount of time. A lot of news stories go into an economic change. It's interesting to see the fall of the United States dollar. It happens with every currency eventually. And it is accelerated by the printing of money. And then as soon as people start to think, oh, this currency isn't backed by anything, which is clearly the case in America... Everything's a shit show. It's just how fast or how long can the government prolong it. And so right now, we are at an inflection point. The United States Department of Treasury, I mean, we've been breaking this news down. They released papers talking about they might have to create a central bank digital currency. 16% of the population owns Bitcoin. That's almost a fifth. And so, I mean, their hands are almost tied here. They're thinking about ways they can scam the system and just put a bunch of fake fake money liquidity pools and, and this or that. But the time for the, the central bank is over. The time for Jerome Powell and whoever it is to hop on these conference calls while they're trading assets is over. Quite frankly, maybe loans as we know them today should be over. How many people do we know personally? And I want you to think about this. How many people do you know that's life has been ruined by debt, by credit cards, by this evil idea of interest? It completely ruins people because it, it compounds. Maybe that's just the responsi- the irresponsibility of the debtor. 
However, it reminds me of a kid in a candy store. Dave Ramsey put it best. These people would never be able to buy these assets. And they're going into Chuck E. Cheese to play this game. To get a prize. Where it's like 5%. You get you get these points. You get flight points or you know, a little bit of a little bit of dollars back, and so you think you're getting a value from these credit cards, but the issue is they play you. You know, they, they have different different amounts, they ask you to pay back, etc. etc. And they do this so eventually you have debt with them. And then that debt compounds and eventually, you know, best case scenario, they're you're at your top of your credit limit. And it happens before you know it happens like that. And so Bitcoin would be interesting to have a currency where it's not backed by paper money. It's not backed by like they couldn't just give out. They couldn't give out. Stimulus checks. Stimulus checks. That'd be nice. They couldn't give out stimulus checks. It'd be, it would have to really, really, really have an impact right now, right? I mean, companies would have to sell assets to give these people money. Well, that's not the case today. Today, they can just quite simply transfer some private money, as we talked about when we went through the Federal Reserve document, and people don't even use cash anymore. And so it's almost like a a whole system of wishy-washiness and scamminess. And so right now, the fact that Bitcoin is defying this is quite interesting, especially because if I was the United States government, I would be buying a bunch of Bitcoin and I'd be selling it for less than I bought it for, knowing that I'd lose a little bit of money off the top, but that would crash the price. Maybe that's, to me... That seems like a band-aid, right? Like, it seems like a band-aid where it's like, you know, there's always people that believe in Bitcoin. Bitcoin has changed hundreds of thousands of people's lives. And so they're going to keep buying it up. And so it's a very interesting dilemma of how can you kill Bitcoin? The thing is, you can't. You cannot kill Bitcoin and it is a 100% lead to the United States currency. But for me, in my opinion, my views, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. So going into the next story, Luna has been exploding. Another bull case, but it's like all wishy-washy. Binance just announced an insane burn mechanism where a lot of Luna is going to be, and this is Luna Classic, is going to be taken out of supply and so it's very interesting to see why people are still why they're even still talking about this this currency and i i told you a while you know it's it's, it's gonna pump up you know it's gonna pump up i did not expect ftx and binance and everybody to to whatever but i i, I said that i was gonna put 20 dollars in so i'm kind of glad i did that I need to check my Binance account. I'm actually really excited now. <laughs> if someone could if someone could clip that and send it to me, I'll send you half of what I made. <laughs> okay. So uh 
this next story is quite interesting when you look at what we've just been talking about, how the United States government has almost had their arm twisted because they need to be a forefront. They need to be a leader of technology. And quite frankly, blockchain is technology as much as they hate it. And right now, South Korea is launching their blockchain city. This comes on this comes on the tails of we all know Puerto Rico. They're doing a blockchain city. I think they're calling it a Bitcoin city, matter of fact. But it's interesting to see Busan is the city's name. It's the second largest city in South Korea. And they announced this four years ago. So they've been they've been definitely Definitely, definitely, definitely planning this for a while. But kudos to them for pulling through. Oh, okay. I just I just was scrolling through the news and I guess the whole crazy Luna news is Binance decided that they're going to burn all Luna Classic trading fees following community feedback. No, it's not following community you know how much Luna Classic Binance was probably bag holding? And like I said, when 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 Luna Classic was worth nothing, BCs were buying it. And so you're someone's cutting grass with like a turbocharged mower. But anyway, these VCs are buying it and stuff, and so you end up having a large stake of this single blockchain. And so my question is, if we have Luna Classic come back, what happens to Duquan? Right? Right now, he's wanted in 195 countries. So what happens if Luna Classic comes back? Is he only coming back because of these insane mechanisms that Binance is introducing? Because that's not feasible, right? I mean, using all the tokens, unless, you know, they're going to they have a majority of the supply. And so they say, like, oh, look at that. We're burning this amount. Price pumps. And then it pumps so much that they're able to dump their their bags and kind of make more money than they would have made just doing the trading fees and when you look at this this is a chinese company they have no reason to have good business practices and they just don't so you need to watch out for stuff like this but ftx is a part of it too and ftx needs to be very 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 diligent if they're not diligent then Congress can switch on them like that. Just because they gave Biden some money doesn't mean that them supporting shit like Luna Classic, where a hundred and like I said, 195 countries want this man for fraud. So I guess it's a meme. I guess it's funny, but to me, I don't. I playing with fire. You know, they say you play stupid games, you get stupid rewards. And so hey, you like I said, put twenty dollars in this thing, you might get a ridiculous amount of money for sure. But to me, I think the risk to reward is a little bit redonkulous. Redonkulous. And speaking of redonkulous, we talked about Ripple. Everyone's like, oh, we love Ripple. Ripple's great. Duh. Duh. Well, they don't know supply and demand, and they don't know that the team owns a ridiculous amount of the supply. Period. And so, basically, they got labeled a security because they were trying to do specific banking. They were breaking the law. They were breaking the law. And it was crazy because a lot of people from the federal bank 
I don't even want to say federal bank because there isn't one in the United States. <laughs> the private federal reserve <laughs> basically had been running over to Ripple and getting jobs at Ripple and all these investors had been trying to connect the dots and thinking, oh, this is good. In reality, what's been happening is investors' money has been going straight into the pockets of these retired officials. And you really can't call them officials. These private employees. Just because of their name. And so now they're saying. They're saying the SEC is a bully. And they're trying to regulate through enforcement. That's their job. <laughs> That's their job. That is why Ripple is just. It's not a good look. Really it's not. A lot of these old officials. I feel like they don't really care too much about their reputation. They're not going to be running for president anytime soon. So Ripple could fail and it will just be forgotten about, quite frankly. So I think I think there's a little bit of truth. I think the SEC definitely rules with an iron fist. They regulate what they want to regulate. Why are they go after Ripple? Well, it's because they're doing these banking acts. They're probably stealing money from banks. Banks have been filing reports you can connect the dots on that but there is so many securities like when are we going to see the when are we going to see the nft market be regulated as a security when's when's that going to happen is that too much work for you guys over there at the sec like what's going on <laughs> because i've been getting staking rewards and i don't want to i don't want to end the fun or anything but if we're going after ripple Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and follow the rules, right? Well, no, it's a, it's it's got to be planned. It's got to be finessed. These guys have to have an argument. This has to be dragged on so more retail gets involved and loses money in the long run. And like I said, it just goes into the people who don't have any incentive either way. They're getting they're getting a salary. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, folks. You really can't. And that is why the more research I do, the more I like Bitcoin, the more I like Ethereum, the more I like Near. Near is on JavaScript. Near, you don't need a you don't need a wallet. <laughs> okay, so it's not even decentralized play. But I, I I didn't look into Cardano. Cardano is like the ninth highest cryptocurrency. So Near is the 24th. So even if Near was valued at Cardano, we'd be looking pretty, pretty good. And I think Near has got a lot better tech than Cardano. But clearly, others don't. So he's been, so over the weekend, Charles Hopkins, he's been celebrating, Hoskins, whatever, I hate him. He's been celebrating the Cardano birthday. But it's not a blockchain. And he, he tries so hard to act like Cardano's a blockchain, but it's not. Like I told you guys, Nier's not really a blockchain. And so it just sucks when people don't admit what they are. But I digress. I'm coming to you guys late. You know, it's a little bit later. I usually don't like to come on Mondays. I'm not going to lie. 
but we've had quite a bit of news over the weekend. And with how much we've been bogged down on these reports that you can find on my Twitter at Saggy Margin, we've missed a lot of news. So it was fun today and Friday to go back and really loop and get it. But tomorrow we are going to get back into the work, folks. Back into the mud, as they say. Well, that's going to do it from all of us here at Web3GV. I'm C-Money, and don't just have a great day. Have a DeFi day. Peace. Church, yeah, hey, I got plus, I 